parent you think, I remember when my daughter said, I want to be a ballerina, a violinist photographer. And at first you think, okay, you know, I want to produce a movie. I want to write my script. And then my, my friend said, you know, she could actually do it on YouTube. Yeah. There's, there's, you can, you can actually, because then I said, well, you have to find an investor. You have to, and she said, are, are you um, telling me that I can't do it? And I actually have to stop and say, no, I'm sure there are creative ways. And as parents, I think that's the second like really important tip is not to crush our children's dreams if they mm -hmm. want to be, you know, the next Michael Jordan, they want to be the next, um, right? Hey, welcome back to Hawaii Real, everybody. I'm your host, Io Keehu, and I'd like to say a quick shout out to our beverage host, Hawaiian Springs Water. I love this water. It is pH 7.7 .7 alkaline, so that is going to be a little bit more healthy for you than the regular, typical acidic type of drinks or foods or stuff like that that you have. And it's supporting local businesses. This water is out there from the Big Island. Have you tried this water, Karen? I have. Have you tried? Oh my God. Amazing. It's, it's delicious stuff. And I like the bottles. Very pretty. My boys like the bottles because, when, you know, the bottle flip. Oh. These things are like, they're bottom heavy, so they flip really well. Who would have thunk it, right? Very cool. <laughs> it's a great supporting sponsor. Um, so today I have with me Karen Gibson. She's the owner of Letting Go with Aloha and a parent coach and author. And her book that she just came out with after the pandemic, 100 Parenting Tips Inspired by the Pandemic. And is this on? It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Google Play. So you can get variety. an ebook as well? Yes. Cool. Very cool. But it's not your first book. It isn't. My first book is called Mama's Gotta Let Go, How to Let Go Without Losing Your Sanity. So that went, um, I published that, self-published, a month before the pandemic. Nice. Wow. So the month before the pandemic, you published a book, and then throughout the pandemic, you're writing another one. I was just starting to record parenting tips and decided to turn it into a book. See, that's making the most out of your time. That's great stuff. I love that kind of aspect. Hey, I'm staying home, not, not working yet. Let's write a book. Let's write a book. So good. And you're also the founders for Brain Builders. Brain Builders is a private tutoring company that I started in 1999. So a lot of my students are parents now, and I've been tutoring some of their kids. So it's kind of interesting that. Nice. So, so which one would you say is uh, more your passion? Well, my new passion is parent coaching because I'm yeah. realizing we cannot parent the way that we used to parent. You know, I call it the rubber slipper method. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot I of like my. that one. <laughs> And we, you know, we, we're not realizing that if you do not emotionally connect with your child and you just start that, you know, I'm the boss, you better do it my way, mm -hmm. slowly rebellion sets in, followed by resentment. And then there is an emotional disconnect because then you will, you know, have resentful kids, then you'll have stressed out parents and the whole family dynamic can It's like there's a whole stressed. generation of 20 year old, 20 to 30 year olds that are just like that. Yeah, so we have to parent differently, you know, yeah. it's, it's society's changing, but we seem to want to parent the way that we were parented mm -hmm. and it's not very it effective. Work, especially with this new digital age and communication yes. and knowing so much, having information at our fingertips. Readily available, social media, the whole, like you said, high tech, they're building their own computers. They are just having a whole different experience than we did as children. Mm -hmm. So through the pandemic. Mm hmm uh, is there a few tips that you wanted to touch on from your from your book? Yes, definitely. I think if there was one tip, you know, a lot of us are struggling with the distance learning. And oh, I think a lot of parents yeah. think that they should be the teacher. And as an educator, I've 
realized I cannot even be my own daughter's educator. Mm. And I felt like a failure. But I think as a parent, the one thing we can do is just be there emotionally for your child and ask them, you know, if your child is perhaps failing or maybe not turning on their camera or something is going on, but we're just focusing on grades. That's the one tip just because if you don't take care of your child's mental health, everything's going to fall apart. I can see that. But we don't realize it. We're just so goal-oriented. You must achieve. You must get into the right college. You have to have that 3.8. You have to take the AP classes mm -hmm. and the pressure they're under. I mean, you have eight-year-olds wondering what um, college are we going, you know, and I think, what? Like, yeah, they're, they're third grade. You know, Miss Karen, I don't want to be homeless. My parents said that. <laughs> I'm thinking, wait a minute. <laughs> so I did confide. I said, That's don't harsh. tell your parents, but your grades will not matter. I'm not saying that it's not good to, you know, have good study skills, mm -hmm. but if they think that grades at a seventh grade level will determine, but, and they're like, but if you go to Harvard, right, they're going to check your grades. I'm like, well... Did they check your seventh grade yeah. grade? They do? <laughs> they, no, no. So okay. I said, I like, wow, usually uh, it's junior, senior year. I said, but the reason why sure. parents do this is because they want you to implement, you know, good study skills. And if that starts at a younger age, mm -hmm. but they're not policing your report cards. So I don't know if um, parents, you know, if I might be ruining a lot of parents, like that's their motivation, right? Sorry, parents. School yeah. <laughs> You're not going to get assistance from me on that level. It's like, hey, I, I want to make sure my kids do their work and build those study practices and build the the concept of trying failing trying harder yes. adapting and overcoming doing your research looking for stuff mommy and daddy ain't gonna give you all the answers sorry well i love that see but a lot of i have a lot of parents who say we do not get bees in this household yeah. and that pressure to succeed I, I was just reading something the other day where companies and colleges they want to see the occasional F. They do not want to, like employers, wow. they don't want to see high GPAs. They don't see all these accolades. They want to know if you can emotionally connect with peers, with their managers and the right upper management. Because if mm -hmm. you can't get along, it doesn't matter if you have the 4.2 summa cum laude. No, it doesn't at all. Especially when you're like 35. Nobody cares what grades you got in high school. Exactly. And even if you went to uh, a college, you're not going to say, well, in fourth quarter, did you really get a C? Are you, a, you know, someone told me that, do you get more money as a doctor if you had higher GPA? And these kids don't realize, you know, it's not all about grades. It's not. It, it, you know, to an extent, if you're really looking at college, but even with the distance learning thing, it's, and the modern digital age, you're finding, hey, kids are sometimes being spectacularly successful without the college education that they either had or they're just circumventing the college education and being successful in completely different avenues. Right. They're so creative. And I think they're realizing that you can achieve, you know, monetary success. You can do all of that, create your own business, which was not as, um, we couldn't really do that long ago, but right. now they can come up with a concept. They can market it use social media and before you know it they're like mom and dad i'm making 100 grand doing yeah. my social media and but the parents are like no i want you to do it the right way and well, that's right the right way exactly so that's what my message is to parents is we you know I, it, i'm not lecturing but i think we need to be open-minded and it is really changing our mindset to what truly is success yeah because you have kids who are suffering with mental illness, they're either anxiety, they're depression, there's like a lot of, you know, panic attacks because of the pressure. So I think we're missing that family, um, just that communication, bonding, really teaching your child that their self-worth 
is not defined by grades, but the message that they're getting, right? We, we praise kids who get a full ride. We like, oh my gosh, you got a 4.0. And so it makes the kids who get C's feel like there's no chance for them. And I think that's the message that, that needs to be taught. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of the influencer Gary Vaynerchuk? No. Gary V. Oh, oh, oh Gary V. Yeah. Gary I, I know v. I know him by Gary V. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So he's all about don't worry about school. Like complete yes. it, get through it. But if that's your hindrance, don't worry. And play the long game. You know, you're you're in Definitely. life for the marathon. Don't worry about making success at twenty three years old or twenty five years old. You have the rest of your life to build upon that experience and build upon your work ethic and build you know, your little empire in the world. Well, you know what studies show too, that a lot of these people who do, you know, nothing against valedictorians and people with high GPAs, but sometimes that's all, they, they actually interviewed someone and she said, I'm a valedictorian, but I don't know like how to think on my own. You tell me what to draw, you tell me what to write. I know how to get A's in the classroom, but I don't know how to succeed outside of the classroom. Which is when I realized children need to be taught not just classroom skills, but how do you survive outside of the classroom? Mm -hmm. So that involves some of my tips are learning your child's love language or learning your child's learning mm -hmm. style and really like teaching your child how to think, not just study, 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 because we're never taught how to think. I'm all about, you know, building brains, learning how to reprogram neural pathways because we just think the way that we were taught. Mm -hmm. But there's so many, you know, studies now that show how the brain works. And if we don't really learn and practice how to, um, you know, like meditate or how, and, oh, and right. schools are actually doing that, really quieting the mind mm -hmm. and really um, dealing with stress. Because if you're stressed out, I have kids who are eighth grade crying, you know, I have to work on like five hours a day to make sure that I get the extra credit, to make sure that I get an A. And I'm thinking, you're, you're 13 you shouldn't be that stressed out. Yeah. Because like with anything, you know, you, you burn out. Well, and we, we can't, I mean, to have a 14-year-old burnout mm -hmm. and then they still think that they have, oh my gosh, I have college. And if you go to law school, if you go, so I've been asking children, is this your dream or your parents' dream? Mm -hmm. And they look at me and they, oh, I don't know. I never thought about that. This is what my parents have told me to do. Like, this is the path. Yeah. So that's the, it's only, grades, yeah. Well, and they, right. And go to college and then buy a house, go to higher education and right. then get even, you know, get a job, work for somebody. We'll climb the corporate ladder. Climb right. Corporate ladder. Get good benefits. Mm -hmm. Get a retirement, buy a home, have family, blah, blah, blah. And then we don't really, you know, consider the pandemic or people, the adult children who are moving back home. I have a 19 year old, uh, the 25 year old did move back from California, lost her job, had to move back in. And then you have adult children who have children and it's like the boomerang generation so that you yeah. have grandma and grandpa with, you know, but I think in Hawaii, because we do have, you know, multi-generational families living under one roof, yeah. it was hard for the pandemic though, because it's like we cannot have gatherings more than five or more than 10. But we all but live you, here. Yeah, <laughs> you have like 25 people I know. I'm looking at you, Kalihi. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was that was that played a huge part with um, the stay-at-home uh, learning is, and you know, not just having a lot of people in the house, but but the stay-at-home learning. Like some of the parents are going back to school or going back to work, and the kids are still at home. And that to me, like, just absolutely didn't make any sense. How you can have elementary age uh, kids staying at home 
by themselves on a computer all day. Well, then you had grandparents uh, moving in or right. you had the parent actually taking off from work mm -hmm. because a lot of people had the, the COVID leave or they could work from home. But how do you work from home on your laptop and you have a five-year-old with another laptop? Then you have your 11-year-old. I, I had a parent coach um, client who had six boys, five years old through 11. That's a lot of uh, laptops there. A lot of laptops. <laughs> and just kids focusing, hey, mom, I need help. No, mom, I need help. And I thought, how do you do it? Because you have to make sure that, you know, mm -hmm. you're balanced and you don't spend too much time on one kid. And it wasn't easy for parents. But I think once you know that your role should not be the educator, yeah. to, that should take a little bit of the stress off, you know, rely on the school. They have counselors. I was amazed at how the teachers did you know, set up office hours. Mm -hmm. It's it's Zoom, but it's much better one on one rather than one of thirty squares or you know when you. It's, one on one's better. Yeah. yeah. So here's a thought that I had a few months ago after we started uh, slowly opening up again. I don't know if you've thought about this or if this is going to blow your mind, but the internet is the single platform that allowed us to have a shutdown. Period. If we did not have the internet, say if this was the 1980s. 1990s, oh, yeah. COVID hits. We don't shut down. Kids still go to school. We still go to work. You can't, like, without the internet, you couldn't do any of that. Right. Right? So with the internet, double-edged sword, we have all this technology at our fingertips, but at the same time, now we're allowing ourselves to completely distance from each other, completely distance from physical workspaces, physical school spaces, and actually do this stuff from home, whereas we didn't have that capability you know, 15 years ago. Right. Thoughts on that? Well, it's a double-edged sword because I didn't realize that I could reach people from the UK, mm -hmm. from Australia, from Canada. And I thought without the internet, I wouldn't be able to do this. But at the same time, like you said, when kids lack social interaction, suicide rates went up, yep. depression went up, yep. panic attacks went up. And we didn't realize that drug kids, use drug use went up. Parents sometimes didn't know what was going on because you have your child in one room, you're in another room doing work, and then everyone's in their own rooms, and you're not realizing, is your child doing something inappropriate online? Because people can say that they're 16, but they're 41 years old that with too, you know right. with a prison record, or you don't know if your child is staying on, up all night on social media. I know parents... You know, you try to turn off the internet, you have all, but kids are so tech savvy. They will yeah. find ways. And then, you know, that so, lack of social interaction, you're talking about sports, you know, when, when you cannot, if soccer is your life, you have no practice, you have no, you know, in-person connections. And then now I have kids who don't want to go back because they're scared. I don't want to catch COVID. I refuse to leave my house. That's terrible. So it's too, and I said, <laughs> yeah. But it depends on the messages that they're getting right. from either the news or their parents, grandparents. So it's a, it's really important, I think, for kids to be educated, to feel safe. I think you and I do agree that kids should be physically in the classroom because how can you have the whole, you know, if you have, you're going to learn how to communicate mm -hmm. and it's body language, it's actually social cues and being in person. Because what happens now, and I think I've experienced this, you have social interaction. You feel just very strange. Do we, do we hug? Do we do the elbow thing? Do we, you know, it's like, <laughs> hi. And, and no, Hawaii, no we're very, butts. yeah. 
when Hawaii we're very very you know like we we love it to is. hug right it's very, and so uh, so especially during tangible. um graduation I, I you know I went to some of my students graduations like um and they're like yeah yeah Auntie Karen you know and I haven't seen them for maybe 10 years and they used to be really little and now they're six two you know and then, then it's like such a, an amazing thing and I'm glad that we are able to still hug mm -hmm. you know I'm double vaccinated I think a lot of people are so it's it's going to take time to readjust though yeah it is it is definitely is and I hope so for the better you know I hope we can get back to going to school full-time going to work full-time and just getting back to life full time, you know, just sports is just another one where only until recently were we were the parents allowed to go to the field and watch their kid. Like otherwise you had to sit in your car in a parking lot. It's like that doesn't sound the same. If your kid's in third grade playing soccer, you're going to drop them off and tell them to go walk like right. 500 yards. And then I guess the use your binoculars and try to. Well, what happens when your kid gets hurt? Or exactly. something happens. Or, I don't know, some crazy person runs to the field and steals your kid. Like, And you're all the way in the parking lot in your car. You can't even see what's going on. It's like, no, that's, no, doesn't work. Sorry. So I'm glad that that's all opening up. And today the, the governor just announced he could uh, take off your masks outdoors. Yay. <laughs> well, because that was confusing. I used to walk my dog, and if someone came towards me, I'm like, okay, wait, I put my mask on. Okay, no. <laughs> I don't know. Have your dog growl at them or something so they stay six feet away. I had my boys in lacrosse. So I was like, yeah, just make sure they're six feet away with your stick. No. Perfect opportunity. You want to make sure. Right, right. I do remember prior to the lockdowns and everything, how we would have counselors, teachers, doctors coming forward and saying that, hey, kids shouldn't have more than X amount of hours in front of a screen. Screen time, yes. right? So we started limiting the screen time. And a lot of those hours were like three hours, four hours max during the day. And then the lockdowns happen, distance learning happens. And all of a sudden we, do, we take all that research and just toss it out the window, literally toss it out the window and have kids in front of the computer screen for the entirety of the school day and then the homework after. And then the video games. And then video games too, right? I didn't even, yeah, I throw all that in there. Plus television watching and I mean so it's, YouTube it, and social media, right? So it actually amounted to a bulk of their day in front of a screen. What Not was good. that part of the? Uh, well, I think a lot of psychologists have been studying that, and the brain is just it, it doesn't function well. And then you just even learn about even Zoom meetings mm -hmm. with adults. It's just we were not. I think. In, humans were not meant to just sit there and then, because uh, I have to watch some of these videos and it was a seven minute video the other day and I'm like, can you fast forward it? Can you, you know, and I'm thinking this is just seven minutes. These kids are in front of that because, you know, they're like, okay, so what I'm going to do is, um, wait a minute, um, and the teacher, you know, wasn't sure and change it. And I said, what is this for? Oh, she's supposed to show us like the, some kind of science concept. I'm thinking, so do this every day? So I think with kids, first of all, being one of many, some of the office hours, I was part of one, and it's not one-on-one -on -one sometimes. So you have to wait, and then it's your turn, and then they'll call on you. So you have to wait until maybe like seven other people go in front of you. Then you have to share it while other people are watching you doing the office hours, right? So the whole time you're kind of sitting there waiting, fiddling. Well, and then you feel embarrassed because of the question that you ask. You might think, oh, do I sound stupid? There's a lot of judgment going on. And then sometimes the teachers will say, well, were you paying attention? And then. <laughs> it's like, nope. No. <laughs> That's what I'm asking. <laughs> so my students, that sometimes they'll, um, 
either, oh, I'm sorry, my camera's not working, my Wi-Fi is not working, and one by one, these like black boxes appear, and they just. <laughs> and so there's days where my student is the only one. She goes, Miss Karen, I'm I'm the only one there because she feels bad that everyone left. Mm. But you're one, you know. Then you wonder. Well, the teacher's probably there, like waiting for your daughter to log off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why are you still here? I said, if your wife is bad. In other words, I want to leave too. Yeah. yeah so, so totally. you wonder because if adults have a hard time or shouldn't, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's it's just staring at it, your eyes, your brain. Then what happens when a five-year-old, when a twelve-year-old, and like you said, it's not just the school day. Then you have homework. Then you have the parents coming in trying to navigate not just the academic challenges, yeah. but also the technical challenges. And they're burnt out. So what is their free time? More screen time. Yeah. So they're checking their Instagram. They're checking their um, right Snapchats. They're doing. I, I actually did um, a lesson via um, Instagram DM because they were having a hard time with their laptop. So I did an algebraic lesson. Via DM on via Instagram. DM. Nice. And, so he did the, you know, but it's hard bracket, you know, two to the second power. But I thought, wow, who would have thought that Instagram DM could be a platform mm -hmm. to teach? But I think what, like you, you said, it's just, it's burning us. I, I would, I would um, be interested in knowing like five years from now, you know, like are more people going to have glasses or are we going to have like vision problems or just focusing problems because it is oh, really maybe. difficult. You know, I have five-year-olds carrying the laptop, oh, I have to use the bathroom, or here's my Christmas tree, hey, Miss Karen, you know, and you're just physically <laughs> seeing the entire house. So it's, it's, I think it's, it's not beneficial academically, I think just mentally, right. and the emotional, the emotional right. drain that you feel, and then you can't do things, you have to do science experiments, and then you have to like take a picture of it, then you, like we were talking about, then mm -hmm. upload it, and then sometimes it disappears, and you have to redo it, and... You send it in, and teachers like, I didn't get it. And the kid's like, Yeah, I sent it in. Right, that happens a lot. I swear, I submitted it. So I say, You know what? That's okay. Let's redo it. And they're looking at me. Sorry, it's it's kind of like way back in college when you you know you, you type a paper and then yeah. it just it disappears. Yeah. But there's a lot of cut and paste going on. Children, they're it's amazing how they find shortcuts. They do. Uh, so the whole thing with screen time, I'm kind of hopeful for that, that it won't be so much of an issue, because technology more and more is becoming where we're actually going to get rid of the screens and go more towards, you know, visual things over our eyes or oh, like the Google or something mm -hmm. like that, or even contact lenses or the, you know, ready player one type yes. VR goggles where they're doing that kind of thing. So I, yeah, I think that's more the direction. But then the schools might have to like provide it or mm -hmm. I wonder if there's a way to flip it so that you'll be doing video games, but you can pretend that you're in class. Have you seen ready player one? I did. Did you read the book? No, I did not read the oh, book. So the book actually goes really deep into the school system uh, in that whole Oasis platform where all the kids have to wear, you know, the VR goggles and everything like that, which is supplied by the Department of Education. So wherever they're at, they can log in and go to school. Mm -hmm. And the school is these big virtual classrooms. And it's on a virtual planet that is like an education planet. Mm -hmm. So when you're on that planet... In the Oasis, you're cut off from video games and all this other stuff. Like, you're actually in a school setting. But wow, that would be beneficial. There's socialization going on in the school because you're in this virtual world with other virtual people there. So, 
that's the big difference between being at home by well, you yourself. know one thing though i didn't realize like my daughter during the pandemic would learn to um she played chess with people from the big island on maui and different and you know and you mm -hmm. watched like netflix as a group or you cook something and then you and i thought wow this would not have happened you wouldn't have been able to play chess with someone on the big island or share recipes or watch a movie in a group setting so there are you know some advantages as long as they unplug and actually make time Get out in the sun. Yes. Jeez, go to the beach. Yeah. Figure life out by cutting your foot or cutting your knee right, or something, right. you know, Little falling days. off a skateboard, you know. Well, because you're too busy trying to sanitize your hands. And <laughs> <trying> to... <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm, I've been bad with sanitizing my hands. Just stopped. <laughs> uh, I wash my hands regularly, but as far as like sanitizing my hands every time I go into a building, it's like, yeah. Drying out my hands, man. Sorry. That's true. A lot of people are getting rashes. Or getting like, it actually cuts. One of my friends said it actually bleeds. I didn't know that. I guess if you yeah. wash too much, there's a thing as... Yeah, because you're getting rid of all the oils and stuff on your yes. hands. Yeah. Did you hear about the kid that was uh, uh, getting drunk off of the hand sanitizer? Because of the alcohol, right? <laughs> so, I never thought of that. It smelled really good. It? Yeah, well, it smelled really good, I guess. And like, How old was he? Put some of it in the mouth. I, I'm thinking... I don't remember. It was like third grade or elementary school level. And the kid was just like pissed drunk. <laughs> the teacher was like, what's going on? Yeah. Wow. Weird, but he got his san hand sanitizer taken away. Yeah. Well, hand sanitizer probably shouldn't smell like, you know, apple Jolly Ranchers. Yeah. Oh, and it a lot should... of it smells really, really good. Yeah. If it smelled like vodka, that'd be okay. <laughs> I don't think kids, are... I don't even like to smell vodka. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, so... Other than education, um, with your book, um, is there anything else that uh, you found that can help parents out uh, throughout the pandemic and going forward? Well, I forward? think, you know, like you said, we, we can't be isolated. So I think a lot of parents feel like they need to solve everything on their own. So I started a stressed mom support group by Hawaii Mom on Facebook. Okay. And then I also have um, these mom moments that are recorded and aired on 95.5 The Fish. And every Monday, it's like mom Monday moments. So it could be like a 45-second tip where, you know, do you feel like you just don't even have time for yourself, you know? And there's like a, a little tip here and there. And then I'm doing mama meditations. So where are you posting all of these things? I'm doing it on social media. So Instagram, Letting Go with Aloha. Okay. And then my YouTube channel, Letting Go with Aloha. So there's yep. consistency. And mm -hmm. sometimes I put it on LinkedIn under Karen Gibson. But I think that there's so many resources out there. But if moms just know that they aren't alone, you know, I'm here. And that's what my mission is. My mission is to reduce stress that parents have, you know, just like help with reducing the chaos and know that it is possible I know it doesn't seem possible, but it is possible to raise kids without losing your sanity. I'm not saying that your sanity will be sure? completely. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what it is, too? It's learning not to react. Okay. Can you make one for dads, how to raise kids without losing your hair? <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she just pointed at Tommy over there, her husband. <laughs> He's bald. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. And then raising a 19 and 25-year-old. Wow. We just outed you, Tommy. Sorry. <laughs> That was awesome. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, parenting, it takes a tribe, right? And so what you're offering is like a sort of virtual tribe. Yes, because, you know, I know there's a lot of single dads, a lot of single moms. There's like um, Calabash aunties or grandmas and there's, you know, grandpas and 
a lot of people are raising kids alone, feeling, you know, they don't want to bother yeah. neighbors. They don't want to bother family members. And it's exhausting doing it as a mom and dad together. So to have one person be in charge of four or five kids and you have to work, you have to feed them, you have to clothe them. You just, it's, it can be very, very exhausting. Plus you have to maybe even work uh, virtually or actually drive to an office. And like you were saying, who's staying home with your, your five-year-old? What are the common problems that you've uh, encountered from parents commenting on your posts or anything like that? Any common uh, issues that they're bringing up? Um, distance learning, um, electronic addiction. Oh, that's a big one. And knowing how to use it so that you're not um, being a dictator saying, you know what, your phone's going to be taken away. This is going to be taken away. Then there's resentment. So I, I did that before. My, my girl said, you know, you would have parented us very, very differently. Because I think the first thing we do is take away privileges. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that we punish. And then when you learn what psychologists are sharing, we cannot punish or else there is resentment. There's a difference between discipline and being a dictator. So when your child feels that they don't have choices or they, they act, you know, you'll see kids, oh yeah, I'm, I'm just in prison. My mom took my social media away. My mom took my phone away. It, it, it doesn't motivate them. So it's coming up with incentives, really finding out what is going on with your child because something's going on if they are 60 assignments behind or if they're totally addicted it's masking something, you know, do they miss the interaction with your friends? Are they going through a depression? Maybe a breakup that you, you didn't even know about. Mm -hmm. So I think when you learn how to connect with your child and just share more, I think sometimes teenagers don't want to talk. Right. Well, I right? mean, that's been it's the main. Yeah. So, so forever. I just had, we just had a, a big discussion with my 25 year old and she said, if we don't feel safe in sharing, they're not going to be confiding. And so when I interviewed my 19 year old, she, I said, what do kids want? to be heard, understood, and not judged. Mm -hmm. And it seems so easy, but if you know or you feel like that is a wrong decision and you say it, your child feels that you think they're incompetent. Your child feels that, you know what, you think I can't do it, but you know what, I'm gonna do it anyway because I'm gonna show you. Right. And then that creates a whole different conflict and it can ruin family dynamics. I, mean, I don't know if you've heard of um, parental alienation, which I didn't even know about, but a lot of adult kids are now like divorcing their parents. I have so, heard about yeah, yeah, that kid. Yeah. yeah so, so the parents act, no, no, these are like 30 year olds who just say, I'm not going to talk to my mom. My mom's not going to see her grandchildren okay, ever. Right. And it could be years and years. And then the parents feel, I mean, that, that must be devastating. Right. Never seeing your grandchildren. Mm -hmm. So I think it stems from a young age surviving that teen emotional roller coaster hormonal you know right that yeah. that whole just navigating it and then knowing that I, I just had someone say you know i just told my kid um get out of my house and it's you know it, sometimes it's finances that's, sometimes it's that's huge i mean just to tell it's huge like right and sometimes you're in their they're, they're 19 yes mm -hmm. so how do you reconnect sometimes it'll be like you know what then i'm never going to talk to you again yeah so I think learning not to react, pausing before you respond, which is very hard. And so one of the tips is really not believing every single thought you have, because we all automatically think, you know what? Oh my gosh, my kid is so, why, is that, why aren't they using your brains? Yeah. And I have to remind myself sometimes that my 13-year-old was, well, just 
five years ago, he was just a little kid. And it's only been that short amount of time, and I can't expect him to be an adult or act like an adult just yet. You know, he's still a little kid. When their brains aren't fully developed. His body got big. Right. Well, and we expect, and sometimes they they act mature or they know Mm -hmm. a lot. So male brain does mature later than women. Yeah. And so... 24, we, we 25. So much to think about. <laughs> Definitely. And, yeah, it's just a lot of processing. <laughs> so you when know? you have someone 24, 25, right, as mm-hmm. a male, but then you're expecting your 19-year-old, right? And you could be um, in the Army. You could be doing, you know, like, all right, you're, you're handling the weaponry, but you yep. can't drink until you're 21. Yep. You can join the Army at uh, 17. Right. And so I think you're expected to be an adult. But do you feel, sometimes my daughter says, you know, I don't feel like I'm 25. And I said, well, I don't feel like I'm 56. I, you know, because when they go, you're a mom. And I think kids think that you have this like magical power. Like once you're a mom, once yeah. you're a dad, you must know it. And then there comes a point in time where they sometimes realize, wait a minute, you don't know it all? It's like, nope. So I think being vulnerable though. Yeah. And letting your kids know, I don't know it all. Mm-hmm. Like you said earlier, allow them to make mistakes without judgment. I used to think, you know, you, you know, I'm very disappointed. Worst words ever to say. Really? Okay. Well, because when you say that, your kid really, really just craves acceptance. Okay. So not only do they feel rejected, mm. they feel that they associate it with love. So then it's like, you don't love me because I got the F. You don't love me because I fill in the blank, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then it hurts their self-esteem. It might make them not, lo- I mean, lose motivation academically. And then it just, it can really mess up. You know, I mean, low self-esteem can affect everything, just the perception that you feel. Mm-hmm. And even not even thinking of achieving goals because you think, well, my dad thinks that that's a stupid idea. So I might as well not even exactly, try. Exactly. I might not. Yeah. Might as well not even try. I'm not going to be a business owner because, you know, they told me not to and, he never did. So I can't. Right. Or you hear, you know, yeah, small business owners, I mean, you have to pay taxes, you have to do this, and you think of all this. I really commend you. You you said that back in when no one did these podcasts, you're like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I'm gonna I might not have as many guests, but you kept plugging and now, you know, it's yeah. like Pat Psyche and like all this, right? A Navy SEAL, Augie T and I thought, Wow. So now you're my role model. All right, thank you. <laughs> what are the struggles that you've had with staying in Hawaii, living in Hawaii, and raising a family here? I think most of us struggle financially. Uh, Mortgage, as you know, is is high. And when we decided to both have our own businesses, you know, I decided to quit teaching. You know, that teaching isn't a very, you know, you can't really live off just a teacher's salary. And then my husband decided to own his own auto shop. So we actually decided not to have health insurance for us for 10 mm. years, but we made sure that our girls had it because it was something like 800 a month, okay, right? Yeah. For, for his, his employees plus us. But we thought, you know, do we really need it? Because you'd rather have it towards mortgage. And I never wanted my girls to feel like they, they had to do without, but I also wanted them to, you know, you want the birthday parties. You want to make sure that they're able to go to prom and do all of that. But it's a struggle because every month my fear was that I couldn't pay the mortgage, Ouch. you know, and the mortgage is like $3,500. Now my, um, my mom's in a care home and that's 5,300 a month. Oh, no. 
So when you um, talk to people on the mainland, they're like, wait a minute, how do you guys even do it? He had to start selling his um, auto um, shop parts and um, tools. And, you know, we would like, can you make it? And he would run to the credit union 10 minutes before it closed. Jeez. And then it was, you know, my, my friend said, you know, you just, it's okay if you pay it late. And I said, no. This, and, and it's amazing that we never missed a payment. You know, one girl went, to, well, Friendship Christian Schools and then Kamehameha, but still, that's still tuition plus uniforms plus, you know, but I, I was talking to my daughter the other day and I said, but you never felt, yes, sometimes you witness arguments between mom and dad and finances and everything. And, but I think in Hawaii, I think we just have the mentality that we are going to do this. You know, you might have to cut down on going out. You might have to find ways to modify your lifestyle. But with a lot of families living um, either together or like I'm an only child. My parents, you know, my dad was from Maui, very, very poor lifestyle. My mom was from Japan, total opposite. She had like maids and everything. But then they oh, become wow. middle class. She lost one mom at age nine. The, the, I mean, the dad at age 16, they were orphans. And then to marry a Filipino-American when you're from Japan, it was just something that, that wasn't done. But I grew up never worrying about money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My parents weren't rich. My dad, you know, 20 years in the Air Force, 20 years at Pearl Harbor, but he taught me the importance of like budgeting and saving. But then when you, when you become, you know, mom and dad, it's like, you know, dad, daddy, the, the budgeting is not going to work if you don't have like money to budget. His whole right. thing was you just get a, get a spreadsheet and you have to budget and, and you have to do all of this. But I think it's determination and knowing that if you want to stay in Hawaii, you just find creative ways to do it. Because I know a lot of locals end up going to Vegas or Washington, but I mm -hmm. think we wanted to raise our kids here, which I think a lot of, I mean, I, I don't have anything against moving and we, we even thought about it. Do we move to California, Texas, Washington? But um, I guess I don't think I could drive there. <laughs> could Uber everywhere. But it's, yeah, it's, it is a struggle. It mm -hmm. is a real struggle. And then when you hear kids who only eat meals at school, Oh. That's heartbreaking because yeah. during the pandemic, I'm glad that a lot of the schools were still open and they would drive by just for food, food right. right? But it is something that I think, um, I never struggled financially until I became a parent and until we decided to have our own businesses. And I, that's when I became less judgmental because you realize, wow, it has nothing to do with the poor work ethic or that you, you're financially irresponsible you just don't have enough to, you know, for, and I didn't want to, um, take them out of the private school thing. I mean, it wasn't like, like Punahou, I don't think I could do Kamehameha and, um, Friendship Christian. At least it was, you know, somewhat affordable, mm -hmm. but I think we just, we just do what we can. Yeah, no, I'm in the same, same boat, same situation, you know, and I think the cost of living here has just continued to skyrocket. You know, and I have multiple incomes and I'm trying to create this platform to be an additional form of income too. So I, I sometimes don't know how some people do it with just one stream of income or, or a family that has, you know, just the father's working. Right. Like, a lot of times the, the, the mom is at, at home and they do not have multiple streams of income. So I think that's the thing that we have to educate our children and even parents. There, there is sometimes it's not that hard, but you really have to think out of the box, right? I mean, with you, right. you are totally like a pioneer in all of this multiple streams and thinking of ways that maybe are not even 
And I kind of wonder uh, if I had lived in a more comfortable area where my salary just took care of all the bills and the home and and whatnot, if I would have created the things that I You I've might created. not have had the drive. So I think sometimes when you suffer financially, you have the drive and you really want to succeed because you're tired. You're tired of suffering. So a lot of these small businesses, you know, some of them are closing, but I bet, you know, because we're innovators, they'll find other ways. They'll modify They'll try to find other ways, especially mm -hmm. with the internet. You were saying you can create a small business without, I, I don't, you know, a lot of people say, can you rent a space? I mean, I would tutor before at McDonald's or at Jack in the Box oh, cool. or like at the town center in Milani. And I did not have rent. It was basically my gas, um, mm -hmm. created my own curriculum and that was it. But a lot of tutors have rent, right? They either have a mm -hmm. location and I, I never once thought of that because I figure if I go to my, my students' homes, I would go all over the island. Now I only stay in Mililani. And then the other, it's just, I was so against virtual tutoring. And now mm. I think it's one of the best, best things. It's different having one-on-one -on -one than, you know, but, but now people are doing everything virtually and businesses are popping up. Right. Like crazy. What is your life philosophy or your life motto or favorite quote? I'm all about... Um, perseverance, flexibility, and just being open-minded. Because I think once you're closed-minded, you're going to close a lot of doors that might lead to amazing opportunities. Mm -hmm. So we need to, you were talking about how kids, we can't just prepare them for today or tomorrow, but prepare them for like 10 years down the line. Right. We might not know what that looks like, but you were saying about the Gary Vee quote where, you know what? Your kids are right. Yeah. Yep. I love that because as a parent, you think, I remember when my daughter said, I want to be a ballerina, a violinist photographer. And at first you think, okay, you know, I want to produce a movie. I want to write my script. And then my, my friend said, you know, she could actually do it on YouTube. Yeah. There's, there's, you can, you can actually, because then I said, well, you have to find an investor. You have to, and she said, are, are you um, telling me that I can't do it? And I actually have to stop and say, no, I'm sure there are creative ways. And as parents, I think that's the second like really important tip is not to crush our children's dreams if mm -hmm. they want to be, you know, the next Michael Jordan, they want to be the next, um, right? Yeah, because we don't know what their dreams are going to be and we don't know what their dreams are going to look like 15 years from now. You know, we were talking off camera. Our smartphones are just 12 years old. Yes. Like it, it's not that long of a time before that we didn't have these. these having all this information at our fingertips didn't exist that long ago, you know, definitely not 15 years ago. We didn't have these. I still remember my Nextel. Well, yeah, we were talking beep, about it. We had Nextel beep, beep phones. <laughs> Certainly didn't have, you know, the capability to watch TikTok and exactly. upload, upload to YouTube and stuff like that from the palm of your hand. You know, so when you're looking at that, it's like, what is going to happen in the next 10 years, the next 15 years? We have no concept, but we need to be able to tell our children and prepare our children for those changes that are going to come and the adaptability that technology is going to bring. Well, you know, it's hard. A lot of children ask me, am I ever going to need that Pythagorean theorem? Am I ever going to learn, you know, do I ever need to really, really know, you know, if Jane is three times as old as this person, you know, how old are they going to be 16 years from now? But I tell them it's build, you know, people go to the gym to build their, their other muscles, but your brain you know, I talk about Alzheimer's. I talk about the mm -hmm. importance of you might not need the material, but you need the mental discipline, mm -hmm. right? And just learning things that you don't want to learn. It's And I compare it to what if your mom said, you know, I just, 
I'm just too tired to cook for you. I don't want to wash your clothes. I'm just, no, no, I'm not going to do it. And their eyes are like, wait, what? I go, yeah, your mom could just say, I just fend for yourself and you're five. I don't want to wash your clothes. You know, so it's teaching kids that they need to do tasks that they don't want to do. And I always say that, oh, you can hate every minute of it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. Oh, no, you don't have to want to do it. You just have to do it. And they look at you like, wait, what? But that's the thing, right? It's the discipline to do tasks. I'm sure with you, you know, being a lieutenant, you're not like, I love every aspect of my job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my boss is watching. <laughs> no, but that's right. And that goes with that goes hand in hand with any avenue that you're going to go into in adult life. You're not going to be able to enjoy 100% of the things that you do. And I'm always, I'm all about find something that you really want to do and you're really passionate about and do that and earn an, earn a living doing that. Mm -hmm. But there's going to be aspects of that, whether it's the accounting or hiring people or firing people that you're not going to like doing, that you're going to have to do if you want the overall goal of whatever it is that you're going to go into. You know, there's going to be things in that industry that you're not going to want to do, but you're going to have to do it. And it might be boredom. It might be, you know, so, so sometimes I always yeah. tell kids, Sometimes life is boring. Sometimes, you know, because you can't expect, you're saying that they want to be entertained. And that's why I think virtual mm -hmm. learning is, you know, can be boring. But what better way to teach kids how to, like, accept boredom than virtual learning? I mean, when you think about it, wow. there, are a lot, <laughs> there are a lot of blessings in disguise where it's true life lessons, right, that are presented I hate every boredom. single day. <laughs> I so hate boredom. <laughs> I've started to use more and more my uh, free time. Mm -hmm. I think we were talking about this off camera where I don't have a whole lot of free time because I've used the free hours that I have during the day and really realized that those are times that I need to start utilizing to increase my knowledge base on whatever it is that I'm going to go into or going to do. Mm -hmm. You know, sitting down and watching a three-hour or four-hour football game it's not helping my brain really at all unless I'm going into, you know, football stuff or, you know, side career. draft, mm -hmm. drafting people or something like that. Maybe, I don't know, but just for the pure sense of entertainment, like I'm trying to really limit that amount of time that I spend doing that during the day and use that time more towards uh, figuring out things that I don't know yet. Wow. See, and that's research, that's productivity yeah. and just really, engaging i mean like we were just saying you can just research youtube google i mean find out like you're saying about your son just learning about history and it's not from a book right now you can actually access like footage mm -hmm. from the war or actual interviews even if it's simple crazy silly stuff like how to get more likes and follows on instagram like videos like that like that's at least something that i'm learning and i'm getting value from rather than watching someone play a video game you know, right, streaming. right. It's like, oh, or eating Cheetos. You're just trying to find out, like. Oh, ugh. what are those <laughs> videos called where you like you can hear the, the chewing and stuff like that? Oh yeah. Mukbang. I don't know. It's just ASMR or something like that. Uh. <laughs> but people get that. I don't know. Yeah, they might be getting ads for it, and who knows? I mean, it's amazing. They were just saying that some. Um, who was it? The Rock gets over 1.5 million dollars for each, like you know, on his Instagram. Wow. You just have to click on it once. So my students are like, so if I can, I said, yeah, you have to get advertisers, you have to have a product, you have to have a following. But this is where 
that same child will say, do I really need to go to college? Right? So I'm all for education, but I think like you were saying, right? If there, but you do need to have that discipline to learn. Like right yes. now you're learning via right research and right, right, right. right. So it all ties in together. It so. does. It does. Um, so you say you also do, um, Facebook live events for every Wednesday, 9 30 AM Hawaii time. I do a, um, parenting segment is Facebook live. Um, you know, and it could be everything from how do you handle conflict with your child or is there, and I think a lot of parents have different, um, parenting styles. So mm -hmm. what happens when the dad wants this style and the mother wants another style? And so I'm trying to make parenting said less stressful, um, reduce the chaos and just make it more peaceful and enjoyable. Cause I think if the parents are happy, then our kids will have, you know, fewer mental health issues and just, you don't want eight year olds stressed out because of. No. And I'm looking at it like, I want my kids to be happy and successful so they can take care of me when I'm old. Exactly. <laughs> so if you stress them out, they might put you like in a corner somewhere. Right. I don't want to be that old man sitting down in a chair watching Jeopardy all day. Like, right. No. It's like, sorry, take care of my kids so they take care of me. So, uh, any last words uh, for our guests out there? Um, I'd like to share my September Pandemic Parenting Summit, September 18th and 19th. We're having global um, people who will help either with motivating kids. Um, someone's going to be talking about PTSD and how a mom who used to work for the British Royal Navy is now, you know, I think all of us have something, whether it's our childhood trauma or something that might impact the way you parent, but you don't realize sure. it. Sure. So that's coming up September 18th, 19th, um, and I'll be promoting that more. But I would love to have any stressed parent um, call me, 808-306-5374. I mentioned um, Instagram, letting go with Aloha. YouTube channel, Letting Go with Aloha. So I have all 100 parenting tips mm -hmm. in 100 separate videos. Nice. I like that. I like that route. And again, all those links and everything will be in the comments and description below. So Okay. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Of course. I no, really thank appreciate you so much it. for coming out and uh, driving all the way from Milani. Actually, all the way from Milani. Tommy, thank Oh, yeah. You, I had Tommy. a driver. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks to Tommy for driving all the way out here. Small Island uh, found out that your husband actually... Knows your mother. Knows my mom. Go figure. Small island. And we didn't figure that out until like just before we started recording. It's cool stuff. It's another thing about Hawaii. Small island. Very small island. Yeah, well, keep doing what you're doing. Small. I think you have an amazing platform and to support small businesses or just creating stories where people can learn from each other and just have fun at the same time. I will. Thank you so much. All right. And as always, stay happy, Hawaii. Gotta throw the shotgun. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right.